last time in this Reads from the Analyst mini-series, we looked back at one of the most topsy-turvy periods in the history of the Premier League, culminating with Leicester City clinching the most unlikeliest of titles. But heading into 2016, a new leader had arrived at Manchester City, looking set to make his mark on the English top flight alongside a Bundesliga rival. In this episode, we look at how the pair revolutionised the competition, smashing records along the way. Don't forget, you can read more great storytelling like this every day on TheAnalyst.com, and I'll have a little more insight for you at the end of the episode. But first, please listen to Tactical Star Wars by Oliver Hopkins. season. There was only one name on everyone's lips heading into the new campaign. Pep Guardiola. The Spaniard, already seen by many as one of the greatest managers of all time, joined Manchester City in the summer after a trophy-laden four years at Barcelona and three years of domestic dominance in Germany. Jurgen Klopp had already begun his revolution at Liverpool the previous season. Now, his chief rival from the Bundesliga was joining him to inject their modern tactical philosophies on the English game, bringing it into line with the rest of the continent. However, the glamour of Pep's arrival drew the attention away from a fellow managerial newcomer. Antonio Conte arrived at Chelsea after three successive Serie A titles at Juventus and a run to the Euro 2016 quarterfinals with Italy. And it would be London, rather than the North West, that would provide the teams in the title race this season. Although, maybe I am overselling it a bit. The Blues won their fifth crown relatively easily in the end, finishing seven points clear of Tottenham who themselves were eight points clear of the chasing pack. At the core of Chelsea's victory was a heady three-month spell between October and December when they were untouchable, going on a 13-game winning streak and equaling the then-record run of consecutive top-flight wins in a single season. The catalyst for that spell came when Conte switched to a back three at half-time after watching his side slump three goals behind against Arsenal. The tactical change stymied the Gunners' attack, and although they still lost that match, it set the foundation for the rest of the season. Sticking with the formation, they would go on the record-equaling run, scoring 32 and conceding just four times in the process. In fact, after that tactical tweak, Chelsea won 27 of their remaining 32 league games, becoming the first top-flight side to register 30 or more wins in a 38-game season. It was Tottenham who ran the champions the closest, amassing 86 points as they finished second, a tally that remains their highest in a top-flight season and would have been enough to win the Premier League in 11 previous campaigns. Spurs also finished the season with the statistically best attack, netting 86 times, as Harry Kane proved he was now merely a three-season wonder, scooping the golden boots with 29 strikes. 
The season also marked the end of their 118-year stay at White Hart Lane, paying the ultimate tribute by remaining unbeaten at home for the first time in a league season since the mid-1960s. All of that, and they still finish second. Guardiola's first season in England ended in a disappointing third-place finish, which remains the lowest in his managerial career. He did manage to best his nemesis Jose Mourinho, however, as the Portuguese's first season in charge of Manchester United saw them finish sixth, the first time he would finish a season outside the top three as a manager. Amid the mediocrity, United actually embarked on a 25-game unbeaten run between October and April, their longest ever unbeaten run in a single top-flight season. But the fact they drew 12, almost half of these games, showed the side lacked the ruthlessness of previous sides. Now, you might remember from our last episode that Leicester City had achieved the improbable by claiming the title the previous campaign. Well, their title defence started poorly by becoming the first reigning Premier League champions in history to start with a loss, and it did not get much better from there, as come February, with the club toiling in 17th place, the Foxes parted way with Claudio Ranieri, just nine months after he had guided them to that remarkable success. The decision, which sparked moral outrage across the footballing world, was quickly vindicated as caretaker manager Craig Shakespeare won his first five league games in charge. Such was the turnaround in their fortunes that Leicester became only the second team in the competition's history to record five straight wins after five successive losses. Still, their final position of 12th and points tally of 44 both remain the lowest recorded by a reigning champion. In a stat that will please everyone, Peter Crouch scored his 50th-headed Premier League goal in Stoke's final day match against Southampton, becoming the first and only player to reach this landmark in the competition. And just in case you were wondering which player has scored the most without a header, the correct answer is Damien Duff with 54. Now there's one to impress your mates with. After several successive escapes from relegation, Sunderland's resilience finally broke, and they dropped into the championship after finishing bottom for the third time in the competition's history, a record they jointly share with Nottingham Forest. Hull City and Middlesbrough, the latter of whom managed just 27 goals, two fewer than Harry Kane, would join them in the championship. season. It actually turned out that Pep Guardiola is quite good at this game called management. The few loud Pep detractors who were adamant that he could not translate his playing style to success in the Premier League were silenced in emphatic fashion. His Manchester City side smashing all sorts of records on their way to a third title. The Citizens became the first and only Premier League team to amass 100 points in a single season, scoring 106 goals in the process, meaning they unsurprisingly set a top-flight record 
for the best goal difference seen in a single campaign at plus 79. They racked up the most wins with 32, the most away wins with 16, and at 19 points, the biggest margin of victory ever seen. And between August and December, they won 18 consecutive games, setting a new English top flight record. Now, that's quite some haul. Characterised by Guardiola's unmistakable style, City smothered teams. Their 5-0 victory over Swansea in April of 2018 saw them average 83% possession, the highest figure ever recorded in the Premier League. Chelsea's title defence was doomed from the start, following in Leicester's footsteps by suffering defeat on the opening day, with Gary Cahill and Cesc Fabregas being sent off in the chaos against Burnley. Antonio Conte's side struggled to deal with the departures of Nemanja Matic and Diego Costa as their form deteriorated in the second half of the season, culminating in a seven-game stretch between January and April where they lost five matches. An FA Cup triumph over Manchester United saved an otherwise drab campaign. And speaking of the Red Devils, and despite what felt like an underwhelming season in the shadow of their city rivals, Jose Mourinho's men finished second, four spots and 12 points better off than in his debut season at Old Trafford. And a lot of that can be put down to the superhuman efforts of David De Gea in goal. According to Opta's expected goals on target model, the Spaniard prevented 13.7 goals over the course of the season. Only Simon Mignolet in Sunderland's relegation-threatened 2012-2013 campaign prevented more in a single season. De Gea was rewarded for his efforts by becoming the first goalkeeper to appear in four consecutive PFA Teams of the Year since Neville Southall at the end of the 80s. It was an end of an era at Arsenal though, as after his 22nd campaign in charge, Arsene Wenger called it a day. Having been at the heart of the first Premier League revolution, the Gunners' sixth place finish and 63 points were both the lowest totals of the Frenchman's era. His final game against Huddersfield was his 828th in total in the Premier League, more than any other manager. 18 clear of longtime rival Alex Ferguson. The Gunners also reached the semi finals of the Europa League, a competition Burnley qualified for by racking up a club record 54 points, as Sean Dyche's men secured their first European campaign for more than 50 years. A Champions League final and a second consecutive top four finish rounded off a successful season for Liverpool, where, more importantly, They made the moves in the transfer market for players who would become a bedrock for the first time. Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson and Mo Salah all joining the club, with the latter in particular catching the eye following an unremarkable debut campaign for Chelsea three seasons previous. The Egyptian claiming the golden boot with 32 goals, the most scored by a player in a 20-team season in the competition. Harry Kane finished second in the scoring charts, with his haul of 30 the second highest in Premier League history for a player not to win the Golden Boot after Alan Shearer's 31 back in the 93-94 season. 
It also meant he was the first English player to hit that mark since Kevin Phillips at the turn of the millennium. And having returned to his boyhood club, Wayne Rooney became just the second player to score 200 Premier League goals when he scored for Everton against Manchester City. At the bottom, and for the third time in competition history, all three promoted sides avoided relegation. Although Huddersfield tried their best to go down, scoring just 28 goals, matching Yorkshire rivals Leeds's record from the 96-97 season for the lowest amount of goals scored whilst avoiding the dreaded drop to the championship, which instead befell West Brom, Swansea and Stoke City. season. After winning the title at a canter the season before, this time Manchester City got pushed right to their limits in one of the Premier League's closest title races. In a season that crystallised the Guardiola-Klopp rivalry, City's 4-1 victory over Brighton on the final day saw them edge out Liverpool to become the first club to retain the title since Manchester United 10 seasons previously. The citizens are no strangers to winning the title on the last day of the season, this being the eighth different time the Premier League was decided on the final day, with City doing it on three of those occasions. But this victory did not appear to have the drama of the previous campaigns, as by the turn of the year, it felt inevitable. Pep's side churned out win after win to finish the season with 14 successive victories and a points haul of 98, too shy of their historic turn the season before. It was still enough to edge out Liverpool by a single point though, as their tally of 97 was the most for a team not to win the league, and the joint third highest total in a single English top flight campaign once all historic competitions have been converted to three points for a win. To add to the heartache, Liverpool lost just one Premier League game all season. Only the fifth occasion a side has lost one or fewer in an entire top-flight campaign. And guess what Preston, Chelsea and Arsenal twice all have in common? Yep, they won the title that year. It was not just those two sides who looked like they would be battling it out for the crown though. Chelsea were among the early pace setters as Mauricio Sarri became the first ever manager to remain unbeaten through his first 12 Premier League matches. And the Italian also handed Man City their first loss of the campaign with a 2-0 victory at Stamford Bridge in December, the start of a weird winter slip for Guardiola's side who suffered three defeats in four matches. Liverpool capitalised on this slip with a nine-match winning streak of their own to move seven points clear at the top of the table by the turn of the year, perfectly setting up the second showdown of the season between City and Liverpool, who had played out a cagey draw earlier in the campaign. How much different it might have been if John Stones had not superbly prevented the ball from going over the line by just one centimetre while the score was goalless. Or if Leroy Sane's strike off the post had not have gone into the net to earn his side a 2-1 win. We will never know. 
But despite a 2-1 defeat to Newcastle later in the month, City did not drop any more points as the Reds suffered a run of four draws in six matches. Key to Liverpool's so-near yet so-far title chase were Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson, with Jurgen Klopp deploying them in advanced positions, allowing them to provide a plethora of assists. Alexander-Arnold's 12 was the most by a defender in a single season in the competition's history, whilst Robertson provided 11, and they would go on to break their marks the following season as well. No surprises then that Mo Salah and Sadio Mane topped the goal-scoring chance with 22, although they would be joined by Arsenal's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, making it the first time that three African players had scored 20 or more goals in a single Premier League season. Despite missing out on the individual honours, Sergio Aguero scored 20 or more Premier League goals for the fifth consecutive season, joining Thierry Henry as only the second player to do so in the competition. The Argentine also became the first player to reach 200 goals in all competitions for City, scoring against Chelsea in the 2018 Community Shield. Despite their remarkable mid-season turnaround under caretaker manager Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who oversaw a six-game winning streak after taking charge, Manchester United finished 32 points behind their City rivals. A porous defence was the Red Devils' downfall, as they conceded 54 goals, their most in a league season since the end of the 1970s. In April, Shane Long broke a record that had stood for nearly 19 years, the fastest Premier League goal, just 7.69 seconds into Southampton's clash against Watford at Vicarage Road, the Irish international striker at the Saints 1-0 up. From kickoff, Long charged down Craig Cathcart's long ball forward, snatching the loose ball and dinking the on-rushing Ben Foster. It really proved itself to be a season for the individual record breakers, as Harvey Elliott became the youngest player to feature in a Premier League game at the tender age of 16 years and 30 days when he debuted for Fulham against Wolves in May. At the sharp end of the table, Huddersfield's scoring woes with just 22 goals were insurmountable this time around, as the Terriers were officially relegated on March 30th, the second earliest day that a team has been relegated, pipping that Derby County side from the 2007-2008 season by just a single day. Fulham, who shipped 81 goals during the course of the season, which surprisingly is not their worst performance in the competition, and Cardiff City joined them in the drop. The 2019-2020 season. At one point, it looked as though this season might never come to an end owing to the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused a 100-day halt to action. But when people look back on this campaign for footballing reasons in the years to come, it will be most remembered as the year Liverpool conquered all. After 30 long years of waiting, the Reds finally got their hands back on English football's top crown, their 19th in all and the first of the Premier League era. 
Having finished runners-up on five occasions since 1991, the lack of drama or a titanic back and forth probably helped ease the nerves of Merseysiders as Liverpool cruised their way to victory, smashing records along the way. 18 consecutive league wins, 24 home victories in a row, 32 wins in their 38 games, all other 19 sides in the league beaten before February, with the title confirmed with seven games to play. All figures that no side in English top flight history has bettered. Although they would fall one point short of matching City's Centurion run from two seasons previously. Away from the summit, Leicester came close to another top four finish, much of it thanks to Jamie Vardy as he became the first Fox to reach 100 goals in the top flight since Arthur Lockheed in the 1930s. His eventual haul of 23, enough to become the oldest winner of the Premier League Golden Boot at 33. Now, one of the criticisms often levied at the Premier League is that it can be uncompetitive, and perhaps Liverpool running away with the title and Norwich being cast adrift by 13 points at the bottom only fueled those theories. But the reality is, the battle for both the Champions League places and avoiding relegation went down to the final day. Manchester United finished third with 66 points, the lowest by any side finishing in the Premier League's top three since Liverpool themselves in the 97-98 season with 65. Chelsea rounded out the top four, having conceded 54, the most by a side finishing as high since Norwich finished third in the inaugural season, despite shipping 65. In reality, despite Liverpool's dominance where they only lost three matches to become champions, the top four lost a combined 32 games. Only two seasons in the 20-team era have seen the top four lose more combined, those being the 97-98 and the 2000-2001 season. Norwich found themselves setting an unwanted record as their fifth relegation is the most for any team in the competition's history, ending the season with 10 consecutive defeats, the third longest losing run of all time, and one they'll hope not to add to if they return to the top flight. Joining the Canaries in the championship were Bournemouth and Watford, who both finished a point behind Aston Villa following the final day of action. The cherry spell in the top flight coming to an end after five seasons, during which they conceded 60 or more goals in each campaign, the only team to do this so far. The Hornets also set an unwanted record of their own, becoming the first team to dismiss three different permanent managers in a single season, with Javi Gracia, Kike Sanchez-Flores and Nigel Pearson all coming and going during the campaign. So that wraps up our look back at the history of the Premier League, from new beginnings in the SAS through to the tactical revolution, the English top flight has undergone dramatic change. Who knows what the future might hold. That was Tactical Star Wars, researched by Matt Furness and Oliver Hopkins, with music from Audio Network, additional voice work by John Reeve, and read and produced by me, Graham Bell. This has been a production for The Analyst, 
home of data-driven storytelling, which features great in-depth articles from across the sporting world, as well as specialized data visualizations and some tricky quizzes to show off your sporting knowledge to your friends and family. All of this is on the analyst.com now, and why not give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram too? You'll find us at OptaAnalyst. You can continue to get lost in the reads from The Analyst by subscribing on your preferred podcast application like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many others. And we would also love for you to rate and review the show too. Don't forget, the rest of this mini-series is already available to listen to as we have looked back on the incredible history of the Premier League. In the next episode of The Reads from The Analyst, we will be looking at Romelu Lukaku's incredible return to form at Inter, where the Belgian is revelling in redemption and picking up plenty of interest across Europe as well. But until next time, it's so long from everyone at The Reads from The Analyst. Analyst.